Attention, are you ready to be blown away? You asked for it and they listened. My friends at Manscaped just relaunched the ultra smooth package. This specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to trim that bush and get to the roots with a discount just for you from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BATBOOK. Now riddle me this, what is in the ultra smooth package? Answer, the crop exfoliator, crop gel, and the crop shaver. Out with the terrible trio, this terrific trio will get you trimmed from front to back. The crop exfoliator is loaded with the right ingredients to help reduce ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Matt Hagen would trust it. Crop gel helps you see where you're shaving and feels like a spa treatment. But don't worry, not of the eternal youth kind. And the crop shaver is designed to shave the underside of your little Gotham with confidence. It's a smaller, thicker blade with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Slade Wilson is even a fan. So smooth out your fellas with the relaunched Ultra Smooth package from Manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BATBOOK. That's B-A-T-B-O-O-K, BATBOOK. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on podcasts, and you'll find the Batman Podcast Network that's full of a, other, a bunch of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. The Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what you hear at the show and you want to help support it and keep those generators running in the Wayne Manor study, just go to patreon.com slash thebatmanbc. And thank you for listening to episode 103, The Many Deaths of the Batman. Joining me for the Dark Knight's Funeral from the Fire Rises podcast, it's my friend, Mr. Eric Carter. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, yes. many, many funerals of the Batman, many funer- apparently. <laughs> many funerals. That was a proposed sequel to this story that never that never came to fruition, which is which is just too bad. Jim um, Apera said, no, that's too sad. We, <laughs> yeah, we that's, can't. that's too much. I've already killed Batman enough. I don't want to I don't want to keep going on with this. Uh, I, I think it's going to be. It's going to be a different, but just as enjoyable of an episode this time as last time, because you actually were on just a couple months ago for one of my firsts of talking about a book that I don't really like in Batman last night on earth. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was a good was time though. I was wondering about that mm-hmm. um, because last time was, I was hoping that this time would be quite different since last time was a <laughs> book that you didn't like. And now we're, I think this one's a much, uh, a much breezier read. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I feel like you would enjoy this one more than you would last night on earth. So I'm curious to see what you think about this one. Hmm. I haven't, 
tipped my hat in any way yet, have I? But you haven't. That was that one was a lot of fun. Um, for that sake of, we proved the internet wrong because we were both on different sides of a topic, and we entered and left the discussion as friends. <laughs> so, yeah, how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It was an anomaly. So. Uh, that was a lot of fun. If you didn't haven't listened to that episode, if you do like the book, if you don't like the book, if you haven't read the book, I suggest you read the book first. But go back and listen to that episode. Um, I can't remember which. It was 90s. It was in February. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, track that down. That was another that was a good a good talk with with Eric here. Now, before we dive into the into the many deaths of the Batman, I want to ask you. What Batman have you been reading? lately um quite a bit actually because as you mentioned i i do have my own podcast and mm-hmm. uh, we talk about a lot of batman stuff there and uh so yeah we've we've been doing quite a bit of uh anniversaries and stuff like that here recently and we just did the court of owls not long ago mm-hmm. so uh, i read the court of owls for the second time this year so <laughs> it's it's my it's my uh ryan lauer's long halloween so yeah i, I you can recite it from uh beginning to end now just about yeah um but also just uh, i've been diving into some some other stuff uh, obviously sean murphy's uh batman beyond the white knight has been coming yes. out re- and i absolutely love the murphy verse so i've been picking that up as they come out and devouring that and then um um the Batman. Oh God. What are they? The Batman adventures on DC universe infinite, the tie into the animated show. Oh, the Holy crap. It's like a long title. Batman. The adventures continue season no, two no, no, or not something. The new ones, not the, the old ones because oh, of the, the uh, old, old. Okay. The original. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because of the 30th anniversary of Batman mm-hmm. the Animated Series this year, you know, I've been diving into all things BTAS. So yeah, been doing a little bit of reading of those too. It's awesome. Look at you. I like it. It's, it's, it's busy, busy, busy. It's, it's very busy. But those <laughs> there's something so much that's so fun about reading those the Batman Adventures comics because more than any other comic, anything that I read, I hear the animated series cast definitely. Absolutely. On every single panel of of those those comics. And actually, I I read through finally for the first time might have been during the pandemic. Uh, the first year of 2020. It's like the, within the first year of it. Um, I think for the first time ever, I'd read through that whole that whole run. And I just oh, my gosh, I loved it. Yeah, it's really good stuff. It's uh, it's actually surprising. Like uh, like my co-host on my show, Joe and I have have talked about some of the episodes. Oh, just like, Joe Fornerado, yeah, that sneaky devil. It, we're like, you know, sometimes you can tell. Like you're reminded, oh yeah, at times this is a kids show, but then mm-hmm. at times you see episodes and you're just like, wow, this is this is some intense, heavy stuff. And some of the issues of the comic are the same way. Yeah. It's so kind yeah, of funny, really though, good the, stuff. The two books that you mentioned, because you can just feel how much of I think you can feel how much of an influence that series was on Sean Murphy. In Absolutely. His books. And right yeah. now, Batman Beyond, you know, that and I don't know. I just feel like you can feel you could feel from the first issue of White Knight of like, oh, yeah, this guy loves the animated series. Well, and I think that's why I love it so much, because it reminds mm-hmm. me of of 
what I grew up with, with mm-hmm. the animated series. So yeah, just great stuff. I really like what Sean's doing. Great Very episode cool. with Sean not long ago, by the way. Oh, stop it, sir. But okay, yeah, check out episode 196 of the Batman Unfilled podcast where I interviewed one Sean Murphy by myself. But no big deal. The guy is awesome. Anyways, <laughs> um, thanks for that plug. Uh, let's let's hop into today's uh, book of choice. The Many Deaths of the Batman. This was originally released in 1989. It covers Batman issues 433, 434, and 435, written by John Byrne, illustrated by Jim Aparo, or Jim Aparo. I have heard pronunciations of both. Um, Is it a Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul situation? Yeah. Um, It was released, physical issues. It was, I looked it up, it was actually released in a trade. Just those three issues. Uh, it's recently been released in the Batman Caped Crusader Volume 2 uh, trade paperback series. Uh, it's available on DC Universe Infinite. Infinite, if you will. Uh, unavailable digitally to buy. Um, I think on comics, was it Comixology that I couldn't find like 433? Hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I, I was looking. I was having trouble, actually. Um, finding it so it, it threw me threw me off and it's through the Cape Crusader volume I can check that out on my favorite app of all time Hoopla but mm-hmm. um, yeah this isn't one that's you know there, there isn't a collection of the many deaths of the Batman uh, released but as for you Eric what what versions did you read for this episode well I have the old trusty Peter Vera floppies Mm-hmm. that I read for this, for this, uh, story. Um, and yeah, I, I actually, I looked it up on D- DCUI mm-hmm. and, uh, read a few pages and I was like, you know, this for a book this old and, and just, I don't know that Jim Aparo art. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to read it on paper. So I pulled out yeah. the long boxes and, and pulled out this, this, uh, these three issues and reread it. Cause it's actually, I read it not long ago. I think I told you about this. Um, so there's a particular reason when, when we get to the next question, why I chose this story, but yeah, I've read it a couple of times recently. Okay. Um, there is a movie in the nineties release called point break. Mm -hmm. There was an actor in that movie named Gary Busey. And I believe his most famous line was Utah. Give me two. Oh, because I also went to the long box and grabbed uh, my my floppies. So this episode is dedicated to the newly turned 36 year old Peter Arvera. Um, we're, we grabbed some floppies for UP and those are the versions that we're reading of uh, of the many deaths of the Batman. Now, Eric, uh, do you remember when you first read this story? I do. Uh, a couple months ago. That was the first time. It was the first time. It was. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember now, maybe, maybe March of this year. Okay. 2022, if you're listening in the future. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a good bat month, March 2022. So yeah, it's, it's a relative, it's a relatively fresh read for me. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, I, 
So I have mentioned, I don't know how many times throughout these 103 episodes of the Batman Book Club, I can't believe 103, of the the famous stack of comics I received as a youngster mm-hmm. um, that was like 433 up through like 465. Um, and then I, I detective, I forget the number of the run there, but I distinctly remember Batman. Um, but I don't know. I don't remember reading this until probably mid to late nineties. And then as is the case with a lot of floppies, they go in the long box and you don't go to the long box a whole lot, pull them out and reread it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So this is one by the, by the cover of 433, like I don't remember 34 and 35's covers that well. I I definitely remember 433's cover for some reason. Probably because I'm in that stack. This was at the top. Mm-hmm. My OCD yeah, had a sequential order, so that was always on top. But um, yeah, it had to be mid to late 90s. So almost a decade after it had been out was the first time that I read it. And now the highly anticipated question, why did you choose The Many Deaths of the Batman? So the reason I picked these up, because I've not had these in my long box for a very long time, like you have, Ryan. But the, mm-hmm. the reason that I originally picked these up, and I'm going to get, I, I feel terrible. I can't remember where the tweet originated. Uh-huh. But someone not very long ago, right before I bought these books, um, had posted on Twitter something about, you know, what Batman comic came out the month you were born? Oh yeah. And uh, Batman number 434 is the main Batman book that came out in June of 1989. Ah. And I was born June 1st of 1989. So I was like, you know, that's a really cool idea. So I looked it up, found out it was part of a three part story. And I was like, well, that's a Batman story that I have not read. So I jumped on eBay and got three very nice copies for very reasonable prices. And, um, turns out I really, really like this story. So I was like, Hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, so it's, it's my birthday bat book, Ryan. That I'm, uh, very proud of you. Very oh, proud thank of you. you youngster. Yes. June, 1989. What a month. In oh the yeah. History I, of nerddom. That was too. It was like, it was meant to be. I am a Batman baby. <laughs> Can I ask what day? The first. Tell everyone when your birthday is. All right. June June 1st, 1st. everybody. Okay. And then three weeks later, your parents took you to the theater to see Batman. (laughs) I I don't know if that's true or not. (laughs) You don't know? (laughs) I don't know. The first images in my head I ever remember for some reason was, uh, you know, Batman spreading his wings and flying. Well, very cool. I think I I tracked down when that was because that was making the rounds on Twitter. And I think I did. I did mine. Uh. Of November of 86. And I can't, I can't remember which comic, which by the end of this recording, I'll be able to tell you because I'm going to Google it. Thanks, Google. Um, actually, I'll do it right now. Uh, in 1986. Let's see. What's issue? I, uh, I remember you posting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, looks like this is Batman 401. Oh, oh no, this is January. I don't know. Because it says Batman 401, which is her name is Magpie. One could only hope that your birthday issue is Magpie, but I don't I don't know if that's the case, but that's something I mean, I'll what are the out. chances, right? Now, that would explain uh, my hairdo for the first 
a decade of my life <laughs> in fishnet bottoms. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I was about I to say, uh, I was, I was about to say, uh, we need to see pictures, but then maybe yeah. not so much. <laughs> maybe not, yeah, not so much. Hey, how, how come, uh, the Batman book club got canceled? Well, I <laughs> put on his fishnet stock, but sure enough. Yeah. It says, uh, the cover date, it says November, 1986, the magpie issue. Awesome. Nice. That's a very memorable, uh, at least cover for for us comic book fans. So hey, I'm proud of it. There Give you me go. Magpie. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, okay, so here we go. Three issue series. Uh, I also commend you for. I don't know how it took this many episodes to finally do a book with Jim Aparo. One is this of the first. This is the first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm honored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had you had no but... idea. Um, no, I didn't. Like I'm, I'm sitting here. I was going through the list. I was thinking about it uh, the other day, and I'm like, I swear that I haven't done an Aparo because I'd have made a big deal about it. Because uh, I mean, he is definitely he is one of the greatest. I mean, one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, but definitely one of Batman's, like. I don't know who wouldn't have him in a top five Batman artist list. And Jay Yaw mm-hmm. is the winner of this year's uh, Batman book called bracket challenge for greatest Batman writer. He's already sweating about next year's, which is going to be the greatest Batman artist. Cause uh, I mean, Aparo, Aparo, uh, Jim Lee, Greg Capullo, Lieber Mayo, Norm Bray Fogel, Neil, Neil Adams, RIP, like oh my right gosh. there. Yeah, you're going to have to vote and narrow it down from there. He's already sweating it, but with good reason, because this was I as much as I always talked about my current favorite artist is definitely Libra Mayo and which check out episode 100 where I got to interview or not interview, got to uh, bring Libra Mayo on to talk. Um, and then it was great. I never knew this until he told me th- that he got to meet Norm Brayfogle, who uh non-living favorite Batman artist is Norm Brayfogel. So you ask me my favorite, I'm like, I can't decide between Bermeo and Brayfogel. Well, Brayfogel was very impressionable because it was like the stack of comics that I got and would be looking would be, I'd look at Norm Brayfogel and then see Apero's art. And I would mm-hmm. constantly go back and forth. I just love, love both versions. And um, yeah, so I'm, I was really excited that you picked this for, that reason. And then John Byrne, he I mean man's a legend in his own right as well. Read his yeah, Superman absolutely. stuff, which I'm actually currently uh rereading because I don't know who it was that was talking about it. It might have been Garrett and Pete were talking about John Byrne's Superman, and I'm like, Yeah, I need to go ahead and reread that. So, anyways, the many deaths of the Batman. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. I love Opening this and smelling old floppies. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a great smell. <laughs> it's, it's kind of unique. <laughs> I mean, for this, I mean, this is a 33 year old comic book, uh, that's been in a long box for most of its life. It um, is not, it is not 33 years old yet. Ryan Lauer. 32 well, but- and uh, almost, <laughs> Well, this one says May of 89. Oh, yeah. I guess this issue. So the first one, the yeah. first 433 is, but yes, I uh, I stand corrected. 
on the other stuff. And that's so, just because I'm not 33 quite yet. <laughs> so that's why. It's so close. You're a few, <laughs> you're a few weeks away. But, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a while since I've gotten to dig into an old issue and stick around the next the next episode because I will get to dip even further back into an issue. But I mean, it is so, and this is why Pete will always uh, push for, you know, for floppies over over digital because I love opening and seeing like the the promotion for the luther the lex luther unauthorized biography uh book that's in here um you get to the old like oh well bubble bobble for the regular nintendo mm-hmm. like that's nostalgic i played the hell out of that game growing up and then it, i think it's in the other issues there's it's mario and zelda like cereal and stuff like that and it's just it was a blast to see well, I mean, you've got the cutting edge of football games. You've got John Elway's quarterback yeah. in here as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. Like, So eventually we're going to end up talking about the Spatman story. But it's just all this other stuff is fun. I read some of the letters and, you know, the from the den, Denny O'Neill answering questions and stuff in the back. Uh, it's, it's a blast. This is the kind of stuff that I wish they would have included in the DCU infinite readings mm. if they did scans and everything I'm like, oh just what if you included the ads it's such a cool trip now i know this is a tangent but quick question sure. um since you're in media um could there be could there be some ad licensing things there where when that's you what re- i think yeah when you reprint it maybe transfer it into a digital form can you still use those i i'm not sure i'm not sure either because in some of so for my work and some of the old shows that we we screen and watch, some of them do have commercials attached with them from the mm. time period as well. And that's always that's awesome for seeing, you know, products. And then you see like TV showed ads, movie ads and like stuff from the time. It's just an awesome time capsule. So I'm always like, oh, leave those in there if you can. Cause it's just, I yeah. don't know. It's just fun. Even though some stuff is before your time, it's still, I don't know. It's still cool. And then for me, you know, I open the page to see bubble bobble and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I remember bubble bobble. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, but let's dive into the actual story itself. The, I mean, I, I guess because we have so many comics now that it wouldn't, it, you just feel like this has been done before and not and not quite a few times but i mean at the time when there were a lot fewer options available uh this comic really stood out by having its first chapter issue 433 with no words except for uh jim gordon saying get out otherwise this is a story that has no no dialogue Mm -hmm. Uh, that that struck Ballsy. me yeah it is and that struck me from from the beginning when i first got this book a couple of months ago um mm-hmm. because yeah as you said it's been done before but i don't feel like it's a thing that's done often mm-hmm. and honestly i can't remember the last time i read a i read a comic with no dialogue stands out for me i think it was batman and robin number 18 that peter tomasi wrote and that was the right after robin after Damien was killed in Batman Incorporated. 
And then that was the, that issue followed it. And it was a silent, complete silent, uh, quote unquote, silent issue. That's, yeah. I don't know if something, if it's been done since then uh, or not, but to me, that stands out to me of like the most recent that I read. Mm-hmm. But how was it? 2013, that, 2014, something like that. Yeah. And, and that's still, I mean, right now that's almost 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's just something that you don't see often, but I think it's done really, really well because of Jim Aparo's art in this yeah. issue. Uh, because you just, all the facial reactions that he gets out of people, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And and you get the story without seeing a single word until, of course, Gordon says, get out. But other than that, I mean, it tells a story. Like One of the first things I thought about when I read this issue was what you talk about when you ask about someone's favorite panel mm-hmm. at the end of episodes. You... I've heard you say many times that you love an image that tells a story. Like you can just look at that image and build a whole story. Well, this is a whole collection of images that is used to tell the story versus dialogue. Yeah. And I I really enjoy that. I do too. And it was on, as I was looking up information on this, I think it's like the DC dot fandom, uh, site that's basically like an encyclopedia a resource for you to look up info on every single issue of anything and they they it's it needed a citation still but they'd taken they'd posted on there that uh burn he didn't know aparo was gonna do the art for this otherwise Mm -hmm. he still what he would have left out get out from Gordon to com- make it completely dialogue. Really? Yeah. So again, they said they left it on there. The citation was needed, but it's funny because he even said he was like, cause he knows Aparo's strength in facial, uh, well in faces, like drawing faces, mm-hmm. drawing emotive faces. And he didn't think an artist could capture Gordon saying, get out until it was too late. And then realized the par was doing it. And that was like, Oh, well he definitely could have done it. I wouldn't even included that, but which makes me laugh because it is like, it's two words and an entire issue. You know, it's it sticks like, out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost, I almost threw this issue away because it was, <laughs> I was like, man, this is a piece of art until you get to that. And then it just gets ruined. But I, I mean, I just love how, I love the different reactions that we see of everything. And the point that we get of, Oh man, Batman's found he's basically, he's crucified. Basically he's dead. Um, keep it on the hush hush. And basically how word ends up spreading around Gotham to where the commissioner who's not even in Gotham hears about it. I love seeing the reaction of Alfred that he has. And he goes and he checks, uh, he checks the bed I think. And then he mm-hmm. goes and he checks the cave and he doesn't see him. So then he's of course panicked. Um, you see penguin and uh, two face and Arkham um, Furious. reacting. Yeah. And then you see Dick uh, Grayson who's struggling with it. I mean, you get to see all these reactions to where you're, I don't know, like there is no reason for dialogue. So, and then no, you get yeah. to Gordon who, and I love how they play it out. I'm surprised that it didn't that they didn't save it for like a turn the page splash reveal when Gordon is at the morgue and he pulls 
he pulls the mask back to look because that would, I feel like that could have had a bigger punch and impact for like, you seem like, Oh, he's going to take it off. And then you turn the page and then you see, Oh, that's not Bruce. Yeah. It, instead of being, you know, a continuation of the spread there or the same page. Yeah. And I mean, of I, course, I it's not, not a deal breaker or anything like that. It was just a, Oh, I think it could have packed a p- more powerful punch. But. Which I guess they were they were they were expecting you know the reader to go well we know Batman's not dead so mm-hmm. what's going on but yeah I and then I it- think my <laughs> I think my bigger criticism of this issue in particular is you're I'm supposed to believe that Batman and Gordon are out of Gotham they're out of town at the same time at the same time I didn't even consider that yeah they <laughs> they, they would they would plan much better than that <laughs> yeah one of us needs to be here. Well, then, I mean, it jumps from that reveal to, you know, the bat signal. And then you see that, oh, Batman must be on a roof and he sees it. And then this panel, it's weird because you'd almost think it doesn't give you the time to think, oh, wait, here's Batman. And before it twists instead, how he's drawn, it's like, oh, this Batman's got a belly. This is not Mm -hmm. this also isn't Batman. Huh. Okay, and then it blows up, and then a piece of that mask, and then that's kind of like the end. I think the issue almost ends, and maybe this is just because we're so accustomed to, you know, everything now and how comics are, like the big hook at the end to really get you. I don't feel like this ends on like a big hook per se. The Gordon pulling back the mask and it's not Bruce, if that was the end, then you could really end it and be like, wait, what the hell? Or you see... On, when you turn that page and you see just from the backside of Batman looking up at the signal, if that was the last page and then mm-hmm. it's, it's the end or something like that. I feel like that would be like a bigger hook. Instead, I think it almost ends of like, Oh, well, that's not Batman. And Oh, huh. That blew up. Hmm. Well, it, it feels like one of those final pages where it would have, you know, those big splashy words at the bottom, like, you know, um, you know, who, what's going on, who's murdering the Batman, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Find out in issue 434, but there's nothing, there's no, con- there's nothing at the bottom of the page saying, you know, to be continued or anything like that. <laughs> now, granted the front of the book says part one of three, but you know, it's, it's interesting because it seems like they always do something like that at the end of an issue now. Yeah. Yeah. There, and, and then you also like, if it was done now, two months before this issue, the cover of the next issue would have been revealed with the synopsis and stuff and mm-hmm. been like Batman's and giving you the whole setup of the next issue with Batman out of town. And he hears about how murders and probably, you know, whatever to where like I wasn't alive at the time, but I just kind of feel like you're, you're much more in the moment back in the eighties with comics where you are like, but at the end of this, maybe that's a hook enough. You're kind of like, what the hell's going on? You don't yeah. know come back in a month and you'll get to read the next part and see where it's going. And I, I understand now like you gotta, I don't know. You gotta get your readers, but I feel, I do feel like we spoil way too much ahead of time. Now, like you have to kind Uh, of really go off the grid to be able to be fully surprised by stuff in comics. (laughs) Well, I mean, an, a major example, and whether it whether it follows through or not, but I mean, they told us months ago, oh, we're going to kill the entire Justice League. Yeah. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I, I'm with you. 
not not <laughs> no, necessarily I, I, why would you kill the justice league but why would you tell us you're gonna do why? It? I, you know why <laughs> and you know what it is it's because it's trying to build up the try to build up the whole like built making it an event because you're saying mm-hmm. it's an event as opposed to just letting it happen organically and this will come up in a future episode uh whether your pal joe fornerado knows it or not when he returns <laughs> to the show and we talk about endgame uh i don't know if you remember at the time of endgame i had so much respect for dc with that story because scott snyder and greg capullo all they would say about the first part of that story was like, this is so like top secret. We can't tell you guys anything about this story. And all you saw mm. was the cover of, I think it was like the, it was the justice league fighting Batman. And that was all that you knew. Like you knew right. nothing about the story. And then by the end of that first issue, you turn that page and it's Superman jokerized. And I was just like, God damn it. That, like, I want more of that. I didn't see I this agree. coming. This wasn't ruined ahead of time. We weren't seeing what's coming next at all. We got to experience it live. And I I really missed that, which is why I think that a lot of these like uh, mini series and stuff now can be much more powerful than the monthly monthly books because they're not they're letting you just experience it instead of mm-hmm. knowing what's going to happen before you even read the first part. So that's my little tangent. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think, it, I think in some cases it's just that, um, unfortunately comics don't sell like they once did across the board. Um, and they, you know, marketing major events is, is the, is the business model now. So, yeah, which is too bad. It is. It's BS, but whatever. <laughs> Keep comics alive. Keep exactly. Comics. Absolutely. Uh, the cover to 434 is pretty great. If you stumbled yeah. across that in a comic shop, you'd really wonder what the hell is going on. Yeah. And this, this is the cover that obviously this is, this is my birthday cover. So uh, this Woo-hoo! is the one that initially attracted <laughs> me to the book. And uh, when How I was found Eric it, I was like, Batman, he was born the month that Batman 89 uh, took over the world and a yeah. comic book where there were five Batman dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a pretty intriguing cover, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it is. I would definitely be interested. And I kind of like, I don't know. That's a yeah, that's just like a that's a great cover. And then the story opens. Well, oh, my gosh. OK, well, first on the left side, when you open it is an advertisement for Nintendo and Nintendo games and stuff. And holy crap. Awesome. Um, yeah. But on the second page, I forget. Maybe it's a. Uh, it's a it's a recent documentary on Netflix. I think it kind of talks about like movie tropes or Hollywood tropes or something like that. And it's like, hey, what do you do to let everybody know that you're in Paris? Make sure you put that Eiffel Tower in somewhere, mm-hmm. no matter where they're at. And you, that top page, there's you the Eiffel Tower. Immediately have the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you turn the page, and uh, he's chasing Moon Knight. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you turn the page and I see the Eiffel Tower there too. It's like, okay, so he's in France. Now, we know this character looked familiar. Moon Knight wannabe. Yeah, yeah I, I have no is. idea who it is. Okay, but I swear yeah. that I've seen a hooded figure like that in DC lore. And no clue though. And I didn't look. I, I think that, that DC fandom site even, it said chasing 
someone in a small town. They didn't even say they didn't even pick up on the Eiffel Tower. Come on. Well, I mean, where's the credibility there? I know. (laughs) But I I wondered how far this one was going to fall, because like I said, I haven't read this this story in a long time. Uh, I wondered how long. Oh, is this is this also dialogue free? No, it's not. So I thought the same <laughs> thing because about five or six pages in, you, then you start getting a ton of dialogue. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, for the first several pages, I thought the same thing. I was like, is this whole three part story going to be just dialogue free? Which mm-hmm. would have been a pretty interesting concept, but no, it's not the case. No, I, I think it's a really cool transition though. of Batman tackling Moon Knight into the water, you turn the page and then it seems like they get, and then Batman's body to where you don't realize, Oh, you turn the page again and there's, Oh, they're in Gotham. Oh, okay. They're in Gotham. Now they're not in mm-hmm. wait. Batman swam across the Atlantic. What? <laughs> but then you see, Oh yeah, there's a lot of dialogue coming in. So we're getting some, we're getting a lot more information now of what's going on in which the bodies are, are gathering. Uh, at this point, there's four, Four people have died, been murdered, dressed in the Batman suit. You're still not understanding what exactly is going on. Uh, and then we see, we add to it with a famous, um, I don't know, Mr. Allison. I don't know. I forget. Oh, the finest. He's a, I don't know what his profession is, but he's very, very famous. He's going to gym. Basically, he's getting set up to. Uh, he was invited to go to this gym for like a promotional thing, except the owner wasn't of the gym. An, wasn't he an acrobat or something like that? Yeah, I think so. And so they wanted to get pictures of him using the equipment in this, like in this gym. And the owner of it seems kind of perplexed that he's even there. But yet he's like, well, you wrote me that letter. He's like, wait, what? And then he comes out dressed as Batman and then he gets shot with, by an arrow right into the yellow oval. So they they took, I mean, just three years prior was uh, Dark Knight Returns talking about why that yellow symbol, that yellow oval's there, and John Bird read it apparently and was like, "We're gonna shoot him right in the chest. He's mm-hmm. a target. It's a big old yeah. bullseye." <laughs> but which works? Yeah. So now, I mean, I didn't go through and count how many ultimately died from or killed in this story, but I think it gets up to like seven. Because if Allison's five, and then it's at the end of this mm. issue is like is a is a guy, and then there's a another woman. another portly Batman. Yes, a <laughs> beer belly Batman. Um, and then there's a there's a woman who leaves them the clue. So yeah, I feel like there's like seven seven people die. Yes, yeah, somewhere in there. I didn't count either, but yeah, there's quite this this uh, serial killer who's doing these Batman killings. Has uh, he's amassed quite the quite the death toll in Gotham here. Mm-hmm. But I, fi- so I since- find it really intriguing and, and I can't remember if it's set up in this issue or the next issue where um, basically the killer is using the means of like the, the specialty or whatever attribute the next victim has on the previous yeah. victim. Yeah. That was trippy for me yeah. to, to put that to follow along with those steps. Cause then I have to do like a pause look up and then probably anybody that would watch me would make fun of me. Cause I'm trying to be like, uh, wait, this, 
this poison uh, for the uh you know sort of and and then and then uh by Bruce Wayne's well sorry we still don't we get dialogue less Batman mm-hmm. realizing so this is more of Aparo at his strength of emoting characters and no dialogue here of seeing Batman's reaction to seeing in the newspaper of Batman Mort. Uh, that's my best French I've got. <laughs> well, and I love how everyone is looking at him. I mean, when he walks in, mm-hmm. you can see like the, the cop's face behind the desk there. He's stunned. And you think at first it's like, okay, cause he's brought a criminal in, but no, it's cause everybody thinks Batman's dead and he's just brought someone in. So this is fresh in your mind from reading it, not even two months ago. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what's going through your head as you're as you're going through this story at this point? Because at this point, like this is half this is literally halfway through the story. Yeah, at this point, um, no, I, I was pretty baffled. Yeah, um, I cu- I couldn't. I mean, as Bruce started, and I think it's more in the in the third issue, once you finally start to get all the details of, you know, where these people fit in Batman's past and things mm-hmm. like that. But up until this point, no, I was I was very confused. Um, I was entertained. I was intrigued. But yeah, confused. And that, I'm just I, maybe I'm just not a very good detective. I am I not a good detective. Out. <laughs> I was the, I was the idiot who watched cops growing up thinking everybody was going to be innocent. <laughs> I just wanted to believe like, no, 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 Bless- no. It's, it's a total accident. I swear they didn't. You don't need to look in the trunk. Ah, damn it. There's the, there's the cocaine. Bless Got your heart, again. Ryan. <laughs> I, I want to believe in people so bad. <laughs> you're such a caring and forgiving individual. <laughs> I am. Gosh, I'm an idiot, but, uh, I think, for a story that is, I mean, the first issue being dialogue free and then a nice portion of this one going without dialogue. Mm-hmm. I think Byrne does lay a lot of information and a lot of dialogue on us. The back half of the story, especially mm-hmm. between, uh, I don't remember. I don't know. Remember what her name is, but she's basically like Gordon's partner and all this. Uh, Oh, she's a doctor. But their conversations. It's 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 a lot of talking. Yeah, she works at she works at the morgue. Okay, correct. Mm -hmm. If I remember correct, because I because I know that she's consulting on a lot of the autopsies of these these uh, dead fake Batman. Um, Mm -hmm. And then she she becomes interested in the case and apparently just decides to tag along with Gordon and Gordon goes with it, uh, which th- if, if I have a nitpick of the story, cause I really do enjoy this story a lot. She seems a little forced. Okay. Like I, I don't yeah. understand. I don't understand why necessarily she had to be here. Um, she's the us I mean, to help explain everything. It's yeah, like she, but I feel like we could have accomplished that maybe? through, I guess sure. we could have accomplished that through Gordon. Yeah. But I, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. No, no, no. But I think that I, I get what you're saying though, for sure. And I know that that is a tactic when you read a lot of, or watch a lot of behind the scenes, how the sausage is made sort of deal. And mm-hmm. we need somebody 
to represent the audience. So Gordon needs to lay everything out. Well, he's not just going to stand on the roof by himself and say all this stuff. He needs somebody. All right, let's bring in this doctor lady. And that way he can lay everything out with her. I'm not saying you didn't get that or anything. You just didn't get it, Eric. <laughs> uh, I just think like that's kind of what it was. But I like mm-hmm. I agree with you, too. Of that's why I felt, too, of like there's a lot going on here. And by trying to explain every single thing, I think that if there's a negative on the story, I think it kind of gets a little clunky in the explanation of stuff. Well, and and that's kind of what I meant through her was it mm-hmm. it feels like every time she's on the page, it's heavy exposition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Perfect. That's yeah. I'll say I do like in their when they're riding in the police car together is right after uh Batman see sees that he's apparently dead. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of questioning, you know, how you I don't know how you can be so sure none of these dead men are really Batman. And Gordon talks a lot and says, I know him doctor. If there were only three people in the world who could say that I'd make book, I'd be one of them. I've known him from the start, from the first days he showed up in Gotham. I've seen him in action, spoken to him, shaken his hand more than once. If that was different men, then I've been in the wrong line of work for all these years. I love that quote. Mm -hmm. Love it. Like that, that symbolizes what we've come to know and expect the relationship of Gordon and Batman to be. Like he yeah. knows flat out, yeah, which is he, why he may never not. convince me. He's never been convinced that when John Paul Valley is Batman or Dick is Batman, he knows instantly that's not the real, that's not the real Batman. He doesn't know. He may not know who Batman is under the cowl, but he mm-hmm. knows Batman. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with you. That's, that's I mean, really this strong. Is, this is, 89 in which I think that they've capitalized on you can say the they've capitalized on the Gordon Batman relationship since year one in 87. Hmm. I think prior to that, I wouldn't say that they never had prior to that, but I think you take the first 50 years and then the past 30 years and they've capitalized on it the past 30 years, a lot more than the first 50 on doing the Gordon and Batman are, our partners and memorable stories where they work together and, and stuff. So I think that that's a really great job done in 89 mm-hmm. of, you know, of, of showing this, uh, of that part, because it just, I mean, it means a lot more now, even because I grew up with them being full on partners, almost every kind of issue or every, you know, every story, Batman story. So, I don't know. Overall, I just really, I really love that quote. I think it, it means a lot. It represents a lot just in one panel. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving along then Bruce is back at Wayne Manor. This Aparo's Bruce Wayne is my comic book. Bruce Wayne base. Okay something about if you'd say like what does he look like to you this would be one of the first images i would describe not this issue perhaps but maybe aparo drawing bruce wayne that was just such a like that's ingrained in my memory Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it i don't know if iconic's the right word but it's definitely it's it's classic Mm -hmm. 
I mean, when I think a lot of people's mind's eye goes to that, you know, that image of the blue Aparo Batman, mm-hmm. you know, because they've, it's, it, his Batman was used for marketing for, for stickers and lunch boxes and all kinds of stuff for years and years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I, I completely understand that uh his bruce wayne and his batman both are are pretty iconic as is uh his robe <laughs> it's nice <laughs> i mean it's not it's not Very quite nice. it's not quite on the uh the brown suit in batman the animated series level no. but it's, it's no close. that's untouchable close. yeah but it's yeah. yeah it's pretty close it's, it's there um so let's see here. How do we move along here? I love the the classic. Oh, how's how's Bruce gonna get out of this one? The police are stationed at Wayne Manor. Um, Bruce has to get down to the Batcave so he can suit up and go track down this killer. Um, mm-hmm. Because Bruce was a target, and then he had a bat suit delivered to him, and actually it was booby trapped. Um, he didn't put it on, thankfully. And we do get our first glimpse at who this possible killer is. Bum, bum, mm-hmm. bum. Meanwhile, Alfred is uh, warms up some lobster thermidor in the microwave, gets the police distracted, in which Bruce is able to sneak down to the Batcave, which I've always loved Aparo's. I love the 90s Batcave. Mm-hmm. Bray Fogo, Aparo, Batcaves are also one of the first I think of if I were asked about, you know, what the Batcave looks like and stuff. But uh, this, so that back half of the last issue was probably the, the quote unquote clunkiest, but I put an asterisk nest to that of like, it's of issue not, two. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the rest of it plays out pretty good here. We've got Bruce in action, full on Batmaning here, detective, uh, uh, investigating the, the whole time. Yeah. The whole third issue is, is a really good um, Batman on the prowl investigating and doing, and doing uh, his detective work and his forensics to figure out what's going on and who this is. And he actually, he puts it together pretty quickly, which of course, I mean, he's Batman. <laughs> <And So. laughs> he's, you know, he's the exact opposite kind of detective that I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He busted probably every episode of Cops he watched as soon as they pulled him over. He said, yeah, that person's hiding something in the trunk. It's probably some cocaine. <laughs> don't listen to Ryan Lauer. It's, no, it's don't this listen guy. That, Ryan Lauer is a dipshit. But uh, flipping through this, and I was so tickled to get to the ad for Relive the Movie Experience. Send for your own copy of the official Batman Souvenir Magazine. I'm, I'm right on that page <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> And that's one of those things I see it and I'm like, I mean, could I, should I cut it out and send in my order form? The it answer money to that back is no, you should not. Brian <laughs> no. I know when I got this and I first read it too. I mean, cause you're a kid, you don't know any better. And like, Hey, I wonder if this could still work. It's two ninety five plus one Oh five mom. I'll do some, I'll do some chores and get, give me $5, please. When, but, it, when uh, it was probably what five five six years out of date at that point, yeah, at least. Oh man, that's funny. And then on the back, the Adventures of Bayou Billy. Uh, I remember that cover. I think I had that game. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, sorry, distracted. 
This is why I should probably <laughs> stick to digital because half of this half of this episode is about the marketing and these issues. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's so fun though. It, it really is. Like I had a I had a great time. And there's another Nintendo um, order Nintendo and Nintendo games spot also, which is great. All right, so let's go. The big the big resolution here that Batman figures out. Let's so break it down. Please fill up any gaps. Unless, hey, you're the guest. Why don't you summarize it? Go for okay, it, so, Eric. So, yeah. So, basically, um, Batman deduces that um, all of the people that have been killed were former people in Batman's life. In fact, they were the people who trained Batman to be who he is as, as a crime fighter. Um, and each one of them had a different specialty that he learned from them. And one of these people figured out that Batman had this particular training mm-hmm. and decided, okay, this is too dangerous because if I can track all these people down, then the people that Batman goes after like Joker and Riddler mm-hmm. and all these, all these wackos, they can figure it out too. And wackos, they'll come out. Technical term. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you with the Batman forever. <laughs> yes. And basically, um, he decides to take out all of these people so that the, the Joker or any of these other rogues won't come after him and his family because he's living in Gotham under a, a unass- unassumed identity and um, nobody really knows who he is, but they could link him back to Batman's past as he did. So that's his fear. So his answer to that is I'm going to kill all these other people, which yeah, you know, perfectly rational. Of course. So- <laughs> Yeah, I I really like. So I didn't remember how the story played out. Mm -hmm. I didn't remember much of the story, which I probably already said that once, but I want to reiterate that. I didn't really remember where this was going. So the revelation there of what the story is building up to, I also like how it's not a rushed ending. They they know it really does take its time of like you start to put together of what's going on. And then you think, oh, this is where Batman dressed up as somebody else. This is where he gets him, but actually the guy gets away and then you Mm -hmm. still have a little bit more time for more story after you know who it is and kind of like why and stuff. Um, I think that I really enjoy it for the fact that it's an original idea. I also enjoy it because I think it seems like it's a little feasible. It's feasible enough to follow along within a comic book story and it's a little messed up, but like by today's terms, kind of like a a soft messed up like mm. in today's world messed up is like really depraved uh oh stuff yeah going the, on so this, far as messed up in comic books these days yeah. this is this is pretty mild yes exactly but I, I like it's just enough of like the the concept and the idea of itself for everything that you just said of i'm in fear for my life that i'm going to fake my death and then kill everybody else to help cover my tracks. Mm-hmm. Because I think villains are going to come and get me. And I'm just like, that's a, like, that's a good idea of a story. It wasn't well, the and, smoothest trip to get there, but well, and, for the most and part, his, it's an enjoyable ride. I think a huge part of it was protecting um, his well, fiance, because it mentions earlier yeah. in the story that that she wants him. He's like working with chemicals in the basement, and she wants him to to stop doing that that kind of stuff. And he says, "Oh, I'm 
that's my plan. When we marry, mm. this is all going to be behind me. So that's what, I mean, ultimately that's what he's trying to do is protect his wife or his wife to be. Yeah. And it ends on such a somber note too. And that last panel of where she's sitting, Batman says that yeah. he has to go tell, uh, I mean, what's he, what's he say? Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go and tell another young woman some very sad news. And she's just sitting in a chair by herself. And it's like, oh, man. It's yeah. not a big celebration. Of, yeah, we got the bad guy. It's like, ah, oh, you got to go ruin her life. Yeah, it's and, and just <laughs> just that 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 solitary image of her sitting in that chair uh-huh. there at the end. I mean, it's just I mean, if you hadn't read the story and you just flipped to this page and looked at that, you wouldn't know, you know, you would have no idea of what the context is there. But having read the story and understanding what she's about to go through, it's like, oh, man, that's that sucks. Yeah, that's rough. And it's, she had nothing, no idea what was going on innocent and all this and yet this is what you got a rocker with like that's tough now i didn't say a whole lot uh but i mean what uh, what can you say about aparo's art for all three of these issues uh stellar great iconic classic uh what else you got what other adjectives thesaurus.com gorgeous gorgeous there you go yeah it's one beautiful mug of bruce wayne I tell you, and a great <laughs> you, robe. <laughs> I, I I love that you. I've never heard anybody focus solely on like the Bruce Wayne, like someone's art of Bruce Wayne. So yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. It's that that blue hair and uh, that good cheekbones, good jawline, great, great yeah. jawline, uh, and then that robe. Big fan of that robe. Uh, I don't have a robe of my own because I'm waiting to find one exactly like this, a replica, and uh, it will be mine. But I mean, there's just I don't know. There's something so comforting, and I know it's the I know it's the era of when I when I grew up and was first introduced to comics. That there's something very comforting about this time period art. Mm-hmm. Something very comforting of Jim Aparo and Norm Brayfogle art. It's I'd like say a, Bright Focus is almost a little bit more. Uh, it's sharp in the sense of. Uh, what do you want to say? It's got it's got a style to it, you know, the way that mm-hmm. Batman, like he draws angles and like comes to a point a lot in some stuff and uh, like an edge. I think Bright Focus got an edge. Aparo just does a very comfortable and soothing 80s Wayne Manor. Uh, mm-hmm. 80s Bruce Wayne, um, like all, all that stuff. I just, I love the world of Jim Aparo. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, it's so I'm I'm not gonna be dishonest and and claim he's it's my favorite version of Batman or anything sure. like that because it's yeah. it's not. But I absolutely appreciate it. It's like a mm-hmm. it's like a time capsule. Yeah. Um, because it, it it honestly like my earliest memories of of reading comics was my grandfather had boxes and boxes and boxes of comics, which he wasn't like, he wasn't like a collector. Like we are, he didn't have them bagged and boarded. He read them, you know, Mm -hmm. and and read them often. And they were just in boxes. So when I was a little kid, I would go read them all the time when I was visiting my grandparents. What were some of the oldest ones? Oh, like he had old, really old Conan titles. Wow. Um, Nice. 
I, I can't remember. A lot of it was was old Marvel, uh, really old uh, Iron Man and Hulk and stuff like that. So pro- probably worth a fortune now, and, sure. they, and they were never in great shape. So, gotcha. um, yeah. but yeah, I remember the books looking like this. So yeah, when I read books from this era, it reminds me of reading mm-hmm. my grandpa's comics as a kid. Nice. That's great. Um, do you have any, anything else left to say about the many deaths of Batman that you haven't any points to bring up? You haven't, we haven't talked about yet. Oh, I'm sure there's, there's quite a bit that, that we probably haven't talked about, but we could break it down beat by beat, but we'd be here forever. Be here <laughs> but, a while. Uh, yeah, no, um, no, it's just, it's, you know, it's not the, it, it's not the greatest Batman story of all time or anything near that, but I think it's for a three issue story. I think it's a really quick read and I think yeah. it's a really fun read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really good, I, I was telling you um, when you, when you asked me to be on, you know, something about Batman hunting a serial killer. That's it's, it's fun. It'll stuff. never make it to film. <laughs> it'll never work. It'll never happen. It'll never work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh it's a quick read that I I really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought this one uh this one up to my attention. It got me to definitely visit the long boxes. Grab it. Um great art, an original story and like you said, um, I mean, to be fully honest, it, no, this isn't a Batman story that is going to probably make somebody's top 10, maybe not even top 20 or something. But I mean, it's there's thousands of Batman comics. There's so many stories that are good, but not your favorites. But that's OK, because this is well, I mean, this is a great, enjoyable read. I'll say this about it. If you're looking for something off the beaten path of Batman. There you go. That's that's not the. You know, the the ones that you hear all the time, the ones that mm-hmm. we talk about all the time with Long Halloween and Court of Owls and Dark Knight Returns and blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you're looking for something a little out of the way, Batman, that you can just pick up and, and read a, a good detective story of Batman, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. Um, now let's go beyond like. Let's go to love and favorite. Let's okay. Get some favorites in here, Eric Carter. What was your favorite part? of the many deaths of the Batman. Um, that's a tough one. I've been thinking about my favorite part the entire time. Excellent. Uh, that we've been talking about this. And so it goes, my favorite part is kind of a thread that goes all the way through the third issue. (sighs) And it's the, it's the murder of the young woman at the very beginning. Wow. Uh, Which I know is messed up. I know, I know. <laughs> let, <laughs> Thinking let about a woman being murdered. Let me explain. Okay. <laughs> I love that um, her death, as horrible as it was, in death, she basically led Batman to stopping this crime because she left yeah. the clue. She left the clue that put it all together. And I love that they revisit that near the end because they, you know, they talk about how how she drew the bat symbol in the carpet, and you know that 
that tipped off Batman and he kind of put everything together from there. And then at the end, even though it was, it was all over and the criminal was captured, he had a heavy heart because of her. And he also had to go explain to this other young woman that her heart was about to be broken as well. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's heavy, but it's, I think it's meaningful. It's good Batman Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Nice. Um, Mine isn't as heavy, but it's quite meaningful. It's it's a Nintendo f- ad. Obviously. <laughs> okay. Well, Sorry. You, you ruined my surprise. <laughs> but uh, it's in 433, and it's the two pages of no dialogue, but at Wayne Manor, when Alfred's going and preparing Bruce's breakfast, and then reads the paper in his running in his panic because there's just, there's always a soft spot for Alfred and Bruce. Mm -hmm. And that's a great choice. It's just, I don't know, perfectly illustrated by one of the masters gets the point across without saying anything, which I know that's the whole point of that whole issue, but I don't know. It's Alfred that's involved here. And I just think that that's, you could insert that in a lot of stories and it would have the same kind of impact and you know what's going on and what Alfred's feeling. Mm-hmm. So that that totally works for me. So how about a favorite panel? My favorite panel is in also in issue four thirty three, <gasps> and it's uh, on the. Hold on. It is the big splash page of the crucified Batman. Yep, I just. <sighs> It's a horrifying image, but it's also, I mean, there's something to it that when you see it, you're like, holy crap, what's happened? What's going on? And this is one of those I'm intrigued by the story they're telling right here. Because if you look at this Batman, it's not like the Batman we see later that's all portly with the beer belly like you were talking about. I mean, this guy, if just looking at this when you first open the book, this could be Batman. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, and, and the the image of the crucifixion is a powerful image Mm -hmm. and using Batman in that way is just like, wow, that's, that's kind of heavy. So yeah, yeah, that, that was the most striking image of the entire story for me. Uh, there's a movie in the nineties called point break and, uh, (laughs) and it was Gary Busey. And I think his most famous line in that was Utah. Give me two. Because I agree with you that that is the most striking image to me. That's presented in front of me without context. My mind would go bananas of what the hell is going on. Um, Like you said, a strength is that in this one, it is definitely drawn like this is the real Batman. Mm -hmm. So you are very much thinking like what is going on here? Uh, Yeah, that's weird that that's a favorite panel is some at this, you know, Batman crucified. But also, I mean, it's I've chosen before, like the most powerful and striking images, too. So, right. yeah, I'm with you on, on everything that you said. That one stands out. And aside from the cover of 433, that's the image that stands out, that will stand out in my mind when talking or thinking about this this story. For now, sure. Now, how about... You know, go ahead. Just, just real quick. You know, that's the first time that you and I have had the same panel or Is part. Is it? Yeah, we've never Whoa. agreed on the panel part before. The power of a paro. A power power. There you go. I don't know. Name it what you want. One of those two, though. <laughs> uh, how about 
would you like to see it adapted in animation? Um, yeah. So I think this would be like if Batman, the animated series was still around, Mm -hmm. I think this would be an awesome two-parter. True. Um, Yeah. Cause it's sort of like how they did the, the demons quest adapting, you know, Neil Adams and, and Denny O'Neill. Um, they did kind of a three issue story in two parts there. Um, I think maybe with the new Bruce Tim Batman Cape Crusader, if we ever get that, I think this would be an awesome animated series episode or two-parter, something like that. I don't know about <clears throat> animated movie. I don't know if the interest would be there, but I think you could drop this in in a lineup of, of animated series episodes and it would work really well. I picture it more of animated series. Uh, yes, I would like to see it. And I, it would be a lot, but I think it could definitely be done in one episode. Uh, I think they could mm. really milk it, but in a good way and get more story and bigger payoffs by making it a two-parter for a 70 or 75 minute movie. Not sure. Yeah. Because to really sell the idea, you'd have to, I feel like you'd have to feature no Batman for a third or maybe even half of the movie. Mm. I don't want to watch a Batman movie where he's only in it half the time. Um, and so I, I don't know. I, I do think smaller, smaller would be better uh, in that case. But yeah, I think it could, it totally could work. It feels like it's something they could have done in Batman, the animated series in the nineties. Right. Uh, yep. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd take a version of it in in something. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts before we move along to the next part and start to wrap this baby up? Do you have any final thoughts on the many deaths of the Batman? You know, again, I, I don't know that there's much I can say about it that we haven't already said. Um, I would just, I would just encourage anyone that's never read it like myself just a few months ago to, to check it out. Um, it's again, you can't go wrong with Jim Aparo art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like we've covered, we've, we've talked more about a pair than we have burn, but you yeah. can't go wrong with a burn story either. It's uh, pretty talented. So th- yeah, absolutely. So I think there's uh it's, it's a great one, two punch and it's a, a little trivia for you. It is a book um, that fell right between uh, death, death of the family, death in the family and Batman year three. So this falls right in the center of those two big, huge Batman stories. So yeah, I that's a, I would just encourage anyone who hasn't checked it out to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, signed. I, even if we, I mean, we spoiled it. So if you haven't read it, you know what's going to happen. But I still recommend that you that you go back and you read it. I mean, it's Jim Aparo art. It's a it's a good story from John Byrne. Uh. Yeah, highly recommended. Track it down. It's on DC Universe. Um, have a good time with it because both sounds like both of us really did. And now our last part, real quick, before moving out of here, we got some Batman poll business to take care of. Okay. The last question on the Batman poll that you can find on the Batman Book Club Twitter at the Batman BC. I had asked in relation to the last episode of the comics listed. What was your favorite Batman comic released in April? I felt like out of nowhere, uh, J. Oz created 43 accounts and voted for World's Finest, number two. 
because World's Finest snuck in and won the poll at 36%. Uh, did you by chance vote in that poll? I did. And I voted for Batman Beyond the White Knight number two. And <laughs> I, I was I was feeling very safe just yeah. a day before the poll ended. I was like, okay. It had yeah, a comfortable lead, right? Yeah. I feel and like then, I checked a little while before it ended. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is going to be Beyond the White Knight. Yeah. And then J. Oz and <laughs> Justin Kowalski. Yeah. Created a bunch of burner accounts and yep. <laughs> World's Finest number two one. So I'm but glad yeah, they're I, passionate. I, but I mean, I raised an eyebrow. But the results are in. Okay. World's Finest number two. There you go. It's the Oscar fan votes all over again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that takes us to the new Batman poll question. Okay. If it's not on the Twitter, when you listen to this, hang in there because it is coming. Oh boy. It's going to, it's kind of simple, but like, think about it, do your homework in recognizing the work when it comes to John Byrne. Who did he write better for? Superman. Or Batman. I mean, maybe that's a no-brainer. Maybe not. He wrote a lot of Superman. But if you think about it, uh, issue number three of Man of Steel was Batman and who? Magpie in that issue. (laughs) Fishnets and all. Magpie was there. Mm. So uh, if you want to answer, Eric, go for it. Um, but otherwise, you can wait until you want to vote on that on that poll. Tentatively, um, and this could change by the time I vote on the poll because I will be voting on the poll. Um, so I'm not going to give any reason because just in case my vote changes. But for now, I'm going to say Superman. Okay. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. No, ah, and and that's why it may change uh, <laughs> yeah. when the poll comes out. But for for now, I will I will say I will say Big Blue. Okay, respect. I will not reveal my answer. Oh, because close to the vest. I'm yeah, I'm playing that one close to the vest. And also, I want to definitely go through and uh, give it some time. I want to think about this, and then at the last minute, I'll sweep in, and whoever the underdog is at that point, I'll create forty three burners. And I'll, I'll make the underdog rise above. So, okay, there you go. If you want to vote in that poll question, go to the Batman Twitter or the Batman Book Club Twitter at the Batman BC. Eric Carter, my friend, thank you for coming back to the show. I enjoy you coming on the show. It's always good talking Batman, talking Batman with you. Please plug away anything and everything you'd like. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me again. It's always a ton of fun to come onto the Batman Book Club and, yes, sir. and peruse the the Wayne Manor Library. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you again. And uh, if you'd like to find me, as we said at the top of the show, you can find my podcast, The Fire Rise, as a Batman podcast. Basically, anywhere you get your your podcast dropped, uh, you can find us on Twitter at TFR Bat Pods, same as Instagram and Facebook. Uh, for my personal accounts, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at me Carter 89. That's M E Carter 89. Booyah.
There you go. Excellent. And most recently, the Fire Rises dropped a celebration episode on Batgirl. Uh, track that down. Listen to her. 55 years old. Yes, absolutely. And uh, just real quick, our next episode, we're going to be honoring the the late, great Neil Adams. So, yes. Yeah. So rest in peace, Neil. Definitely. I want to I want to help push as much as possible toward good Batman talk, but especially uh, when it comes to Batman comic book talk, which Neil Adams is synonymous with. Absolutely. So, yeah, check out the fire rises. As for the Batman book club, like I said a few times already, you can follow on Twitter. Uh, you also can on Instagram at the Batman BC for latest episodes, uh, upcoming episodes and Batman polls. Like I just brought up a couple minutes ago. Uh, you can follow the Batman book club, YouTube channel. Some cool ideas are coming to that. Uh, later this year, you can see the video version of my discussion with Libra Mail on the air. Also with, uh, with some other, some other, uh, people as well, like friend of the show, Tim Sheridan and stuff, a lot of stuff on the YouTube channel. If you have questions or comments, uh, you can write into the show at the BatmanBC at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, there's a variety of ways you can do that. Number one, patreon.com slash the Batman BC. Number two, support the show with some merchandise from T public, go to T public type in TBBC like the Batman book club, and you will see the uh, different options there. But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, that's 100%. A-okay. You can do that by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. The link to that page is in the description of this episode. The more reviews the show gets, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So, for Eric Carter, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more Batman comics. <laughs>